702. The Africa Report with Crystal Odison. Seven minutes to seven, and the Africa Report is brought to you by SAA, the ones who fly SAA's growing route network, now flying to Sao Paulo, Brazil, your gateway to South America. Crystal Alderson, let's catch up with you now. Stories dominating the headlines from the continent. We'll start with Rwanda. He's been president for a very long time, hasn't he, Paul Kagame? And he's still, he's still likes it. He still likes it, right? He's enjoying the job. The cat's out of the bag. He's running for re-election. Yes, good morning, Bongani. So no surprise here, Paul Kagame. And he's in fact been the only leader that Rwandese have known, um, especially as he led uh, the Rwandan Patriotic Front to end the genocide in 1994. So he was elected in 2000. So he's running for a fourth term. He confirmed it in an exclusive interview with um, the uh, French Pan-African magazine, Jeune Afrique. And I think it's very careful because I, I did some work for the magazine and Leaders ah. usually choose that magazine to announce, you know, um, something big. Um, it's, it's very influential. It shapes public opinion. And it's interesting he chose a French magazine to announce it. But be that as it may, um, he said that he was happy with the confidence that Rwandese um, have in him. And he's really not bothered by what by outside opinions, and in fact, he could frankly not care about the opinions of the West. So that's very interesting, um, Bongani, that um, Kagame is just really confident and forthright um, that we know um, in 2017, for instance, he won the election by 99% of the vote. Um, We know he's been criticized by um, Human Rights Watch, and we know that freedom of expression, um, etc., you know, has come under the fire. But of course, the 65-year-old is quite adamant. You know, Rwanda um, is becoming quite an economic force in the region, um, and he's ready for another term. Um, Of course, we know that there's no opposition parties. Um, Some have called for a boycott vote, um, a vote of um, boycott of it, but um, we know that um, the election will go ahead. So, in essence, Bongani, the challenge with this is, yes, we know that Rwanda has done incredibly well. Its economic growth and, you know, its development has really superseded um, everyone else in the region. I do think the challenge, if we've seen what's happening in West and certain parts of Central Africa, the recent coups should really tell us something. If you don't have, if you have a leadership vacuum, if you don't have, you know, leaders that's going to take over Clearly, you, you, you're setting your country up for failure. So you've done all these amazing things. You've been the only leader that people know. I do think it's problematic because what's going to happen when he's not the leader anymore? Because we do not know what's happening within the political party. He was re-elected as the leader of the party. So in essence, Mugani, it just doesn't, it's just not right. We know he doesn't care about our opinions, but I think for a country to flourish, you do need to see other leaders emerging or else what happens after a leader goes, look at the Bongo Ma, <laughs> the Bongo dynasty in Gabon. That's all I'll leave it at that, Bongadi. Yeah, his supporters will say, but hang on, none of the corruption we have seen in uh, Equatorial Guinea and all these other countries uh, are hallmarks of how he has governed Rwanda. So this idea of 
I mean, I don't know if I want to call him a dictator, but just call him a benign, strong man, right? Uh, does it work? Is that the kind of governance we need? Somebody who gets things done. But as you say, Crystal, if there are no institutions built uh, in his uh, tenure, what is all of it for when he goes? Let's talk, of course, about uh, next door, Eswatini. They're going to be running a poll on Friday, but is it really an election? Not really, Bongani, because the king still decides whether you're in favor or not. But needless to say, 600,000 registered voters will participate in this election. Um, and even though they'll vote for a certain number of members of parliament, you know, these MPs will only actually play an advisory role um, because the king, King Maswati III, you know, is in charge. And I think therein lies with all that um, political parties have still been barred from contesting the poll. Um, and so your voters will be asked to um, elect 59 members of the lower house. Um, and we know that the constitution emphasizes this individual merit, um, but actually lawmakers will be um, selected by the king. So if you're in favor with the king, you know, there's your future. And the king can also veto any legislation. Um, and so we do know that, you know, political parties have in essence been banned since the 1970s. You know, in 2005, you know, the constitution provided for some space but we know, and we've spoken about it, Bungani, activist space have really shrunk. We know that, sadly, activists have also been assassinated, either banned. Um, and so the democratic space for political parties have not opened. Um, but, of course, other African election watchers are hoping that, you know, this is a path to Ugh. eventually opening ah. up the democratic ah. Because ah. ah. <laughs> here's the thing, here's the thing, even if you are in favor, let's say you've gone through all of those hurdles and you somehow get managed, you manage to be elected, the president, uh, not the president, the king uh, has the power to veto any legislation uh, that is passed by lawmakers in that country. I'll quote from the citizen, Crystal, here's how they're describing it. Yeah. And I quote, Friday's farce of a parliamentary election in neighboring Eswatini makes even the recent questionable polls in Zimbabwe look like the epitome of free democracy, end quote. And I think that's all you need to know. Crystal Alderson with this morning's Africa Report.